Hello, everyone. This is Culture Comms and Cocktails, the podcast with internal comms served straight up. I'm your host, Chuck Go, Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of Culture Comms and Cocktails, we have Greg Monaco, brand coach extraordinaire at Monaco Branding and Creative. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chuck. I am so happy to be here. It has been a few years since you and I first connected. I think it was at an event in New York City when our paths first might have crossed. Um, and obviously on LinkedIn and Twitter, we, we see each other around. So again, thanks for, for being on the podcast. Before we get into the podcast questions, Greg, how are you and the people you care about doing during this pandemic? Well, it's, it's hard for my kids, I have to say. Um, I've got a couple in high school, so they're doing either the hybrid approach or quarantining, and it's sort of, you know, week by week. So I, I lament for their, um, their experience in high school right now because they're not able to see their friends as much. But other than that, uh, you know, we've had a chance to really kind of connect with each other and go out on a lot of hikes. And from a business standpoint, um, I've gone global, which is great. <laughs> uh, so it's great being able to, to, to do things on Zoom and uh, where, you know, the boundaries um, have kind of dissolved. Yeah, when you think about what uh, kids are going through, I have a couple in school as well. That's my dog barking. So he wanted to, wanted to chime in. Um, it, it is a challenge for them. I worry about, not worry, but also wonder about what are they going to think 20 years from now when they think back to 2020? Obviously, a very memorable time for them. And hopefully, they do focus on not we're wearing masks all day long, but no, we got to go on a hike or go on these hikes with dad. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's weird because, I mean, we're experiencing something that, you know, last time this kind of thing happened was 100 years ago. And you read about it and you thought, there's no way that's going to happen again. And here we are in the middle of it. And it's just surreal that we're how we're dealing with it. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into the, the questions. And when I hear the name Monaco, obviously, maybe it's because I'm in Indianapolis, I think of racing. That's when I think when I want to hear the name Monaco. So Greg, playing off a bad cliche here, what drives you, Greg Monaco? <laughs> and where does this passion come from? Oh, I love um, <laughs> Well, Monaco, uh, the, the name, I've actually been to Monaco before, so I, I haven't seen the Grand Prix, but my, my namesake actually got me absolutely nowhere in that city. So, uh, but what drives me is I've always had this kind of ability to follow what I like doing. I've never been good, and, and I've noticed this in my son. If he likes something, he goes for it a thousand percent. If he doesn't like something, forget it. You know, he's not going to pay attention to it. It's not going to be something that he develops a care for. So I've been fortunate enough to be brought up in a family structure that allowed me the ability to pay attention to the things that I love to do. And that's really what's driven my career or me as a person. Uh, and it's been kind of a circuitous, circuitous route, uh, you know, but I've, uh, I've just tried to find joy and happiness in what I'm doing. And that is, <laughs> that's taken me here, uh, you know, a 25 plus year long career. 
Now, as I mentioned, you and I first originally met at an internal comms event, but you're a, you're a brand guy out there. So how, how did these two paths cross of internal comms and, and branding? Branding is fundamentally, it's a feeling people have about you. And communications is kind of the, the cloud of ways to connect with other people. So they're intrin intrinsically tied to each other. I, I grew up as a copywriter at an advertising agency. And then I opened up my own branding consultancy in New York City. And as we started really developing our ability to help companies brand themselves, we realized that brand the strongest type of branding actually happens from the inside. So when you have your cohort of employees really kind of rowing in the same direction, that is a much stronger foundation for brand building than any of this external stuff. Uh, it's it's less expensive to do because you're not buying media necessarily. Uh, and it's also more powerful as well. So I shifted the focus of my brand consultancy to, to, to more of an engagement consultancy, helping companies engage with their employees for the betterment of brand building. So they're really tied together. And now what I'm doing is I'm actually working with individuals about building their own voice in the world on personal branding. And we all have favorite clients and maybe perhaps more importantly, types of clients that we like working with. Whether it's that, that company where you're looking at from the engagement side or it's this individual where you're looking at the brand side and their personal brand, what's your favorite type of client to work with? Well, like I said, individuals are really my favorite type of client. When you work with companies and organizations the, the challenge in brand building revolves around getting people to align around ideas. And so there is a trick in facilitating uh, conversations that objectify the brand, meaning like pull it out of the individual's points of view so they can look, so everybody leadership can look at the brand and say, yes, this is how we wanna move the brand forward. With individuals, there's no filter. There's no, the only alignment that needs to happen is aligning with your sort of energy, aligning with what lights you up, with what you wanna do, the impact you wanna make. And when I see brand development take root in an individual in a way that they are, they've, they've given themselves permission to go for it in expressing themselves fully through their brand voice, there's nothing more rewarding or satisfying as a brand builder for me. You can see that in fits and starts with organizations, but it requires, there's a lot more complexity and variables in there to build that brand. So I really love working with individuals and helping them realize the power of their brand storytelling. And when you put, put a customer or a client you've worked with in your mind and share an example of, of the type of success you've seen them achieve 
going through this personal brand discovery work? Because I've, we, we all have a personal brand, whether we recognize it or not, whether we focus on it or not, there's a brand that ends up developing. So what's an example of someone who you can think of that's really gone through this journey and what's that success look like for them? Well, I'm going through this journey. Uh, I think we all are. And it is a journey. Uh, that's why I call it branding is because it's evolving, always evolving. So, and there are, uh, it's, it has infinite depth, which is exciting to me. I'm learning more and more about it every day. And I've been in the business for 25 plus years. So uh, there's something to be said for that. There is one example uh, that really fills my heart. And it's a woman, her name is Cara Richardson Whiteley. And she is a, a plus-sized adventurer. So she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro three times, and she's 300-plus pounds. And it's really an inspiring story for a huge cadre of people here in the United States to hear what she has to say and how she's overcome so many obstacles. So she wrote a book about this called Gorge. And she called me up, we had coffee together and, and she, back in the day when you can have coffee together, and she said to me, look, uh, my book is going to be made into a feature film. And I know that I need to become more precise with how I tell my story. And I know I, know I need my, web, my website to reflect something. I know that there's going to be sort of a rush of people coming to me and I don't feel like my brand has caught up to where I am as an individual, there's a gap there. So she wanted to make sure she was thinking about the journey of her potential customers coming in, hiring her to be a motivational speaker, maybe to be a coach. And so she realized that there was going to be like her structure, her brand structure, her system was going to fail. So we helped put together the right foundation so people could come in and, and experience the real side of Kara that mattered uh, and she and, and fully express her in all of the channels, not just her as a person, but in every way that she communicates. And that's really what branding is, is sort of this organizing principle for, for, for an individual, a personal branding. So uh, that to me is one of the, one of the best case stories that I could share. Now let's, let's, th that's a great example. Let, let's take a step back from that. Now let's say I am an internal comms director at this ginormous enterprise global company. What value does my personal brand have then in that case? And if I want to develop it, what are some easy things that that comms director could do to either build their brand inside the organization or perhaps even outside the organization? Everybody has their individual way of leading. So this internal comms director, there is something, a spark. You asked me what drives me in the, in the beginning. There's this sort of internal spark that they have that is differentiating. It's just them. But also, if they recognize it and they understand who they are intrinsically, 
this understanding will help them become uh, more aligned with the type of leader they are and the type of people they're going to enroll in how they want to get things done. So this a personal branding exercise, just kind of that inward look can be a powerful way for anyone in business to not only recognize their own kind of strong points and weaknesses, but to help others understand that by powerful storytelling uh, to help move the organization in the desired direction. You know, if you're not doing that on the other side, if you're not doing that and you're somewhat rudderless, um, what could happen is that you could become victim to shifting trends, you know? So one of the principles of branding is a consistency of message over time. So when you develop your own brand voice, uh, you can become um, really kind of enrolled in your own conviction to, to create change in your own way. So uh, this is something that I think is really vital for leaders. Now, there's a, there's a term you use, and it's called, you use a designed future. So first off, what does that mean? And then what are your best tips for creating a designed future? A designed future would be uh, an antonym for a default future. So if we're not paying attention to who we are and how we're being in the world, we're basically moving towards a default state. It's just, uh, we haven't sort of recognized any goals or, or any kind of stretch for us, any kind of gap for us. A designed future is actually an intentional path of shifting perceptions, of moving towards a, a desired trajectory out into the future. So that's what I mean by a designed future is actually literally designing your future. <laughs> And then and what so, was the B part to that question? Sorry. What are some What are some tips for someone? I, I like to use that word intention because that's immediately what went into my mind when you were talking about that. Is Is that a map that people begin going on? Like, how do they get started when they think through that designed future? What's some early first steps or early tips for them? Well, I, I one of the first things I ask, and and you know, all all of us have these moments in our careers. It doesn't even really have to necessarily reflect your career, but I call them hand of God moments. And, you know, you're a basketball player, Chuck. So there, there must have been moments on the basketball court where you felt like you were being guided by invisible hands, like you could not miss a shot. You were all over the basketball court. I felt like I, I've played soccer. So I felt like that many times. I've also felt like that in my, in my career. And so I'd like for people to kind of recognize those moments where they felt like they were in a state of flow, where they were unstoppable, where time just didn't exist. And there are moments in our career and to reflect upon those and to actually catalog those in our minds and think about them is a powerful way to access that energetic source, the things that drive us, the things that we love just naturally to do. 
And that is a that is a powerful way for us to create a kind of a golden thread through this design future. If we're accessing that part of ourselves that 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 loves to do what we do, then it be, then the path to that design future uh, is achieved with more ease and grace. And what would you say to someone as as they begin, whether it's this looking at this design future and how their personal brand plays out? Let's take it back to that internal commerce person inside that large enterprise. What would your advice be if if where they see themselves and their brand and this future runs counter or parallel to the organization that they're a part of? How do they handle that conflict? Oh man, that's a that's a juicy question. That's why so, I ask them, Greg. <laughs> one of the perils of personal branding is actually creating what I call the great filter. And the filter is maybe you, you aren't aligned. Maybe this isn't the right place for you to be for you to access what really matters to you. So if you feel like your power source, that energetic spirit within you is being squashed, uh, I think it's actually a blessing that you are able to make to create discernment between what's in and what's out. I also do an exercise called phone it in moments and those moments where we're not feeling it. And I've had moments like that in my career where I'm just like literally there in body, but not in spirit. Yeah. So, so if, if, if you're not aligned with the, the organization as a whole, you know, if your personal realities of, of income and all of these, are are able to to give you runway to make a change it's time to make a change Mm -hmm. now in this and and especially trying to make a change during this pandemic that we're in and the climate and all this uncertainty and there are some people that fear change or people that embrace change but a lot of people right now are seeking security they want answers they want information they want to know what's going to happen do you see people now is now a good time to take that leap of faith in creating your design future, or is now the time to just say, no, nah, let me sit tight and let's see what these next few months hold true. What do you see people's mindsets being right now? Well, nothing is guaranteed. That's for sure. So, uh, you know, what, what I don't want to see is for people to wait for a, a better quote unquote time for this to happen, because that's, you know, all you have is, all you have or all you don't have is time. <laughs> so the goal with personal branding is to become integrated with context at all moments. So th- th- we happen to be in a very challenging situation here with the pandemic. But if you are, again, accessing that energetic source of what lights you up, the context can can kind of take a back seat to what matters to you. So I I think this is an amazing opportunity because change is actually being kind of shoveled upon us right now. So most of us are experiencing some change in how the organization is working. Everybody's working from home. Um, And as I said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, I went global like at almost within a month, you know, uh, I had to transform my business to being one of one-on-one coffee 
time conversations to Zoom as everybody has. So this is a great time because everything else is changing. Why not? Yeah, I wonder if it becomes a, a great time for people to reflect on values, on what's most important. When, when there is so much upheaval in other areas, uh, maybe now is not the time to sit tight. It is a time to look at inward at yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you know, I mean, we have to take into account many people have different personal realities that, that they, they have to deal with. But the idea of reflection, Chuck, as you put it, I think, I think can be agnostic of those personal realities, just doing the, the kind of the inward work to really understand mm -hmm. yourself in this process and what matters to you, um, it, it does, it's, it's not that much of a time investment, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah, even and then if, you can make the right choices. And you and I talked about it when we, before we started recording around setting aside time for yourself. It is giving yourself that discipline to give yourself that time to reflect. If you're in a, in a privileged environment where you can set aside that time to do it, then absolutely do it. And you might learn that you are in the right spot. You are doing the right things. You are working with the right people or is now a time to make that change. Before we get into the, the last question, and some people think it's the most important question, Greg, I don't think it is, some people do. Um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have questions and wanna go on their own personal brand journey with you? Yeah, so my website, it's letsgomonaco.com uh, and Monaco is spelled just like the country. So letsgomonaco.com. And then uh, if the, anyone would like to set up a half an hour consultation with me, I'm happy to have that conversation. So there's a link right there on my website. Well, thank you, Greg, for, for being on the podcast. Again, the po it's called Culture Comms and Cocktails. Talked about some communication, we talked a little bit about culture. Now let's talk about cocktails. So what is a, has there been a go-to beverage of yours during this pandemic, Greg, or what's your recommendation to the listeners out there? I am not much of a cocktail guy, I have to admit. I'm more of a beer and wine uh, guy, and, and it really depends on weather for those. So right now we are in the fall, and so I go for the heavier beers right now. So I, a nice porter, mm -hmm. a dark, uh, rich, chocolatey kind of beverage that I can sit by. I, I built a fire pit in my backyard and it seems like everybody's building fire pits, but uh, I built a fire pit sitting there with a nice beverage with a fire raging and having family around me, uh, just, you know, talking, hanging out, enjoying the weather. That to me is golden. Yeah, you had mentioned going on those hikes before. What you just shared is something we've spent a lot of time doing. Even in the summer when it was maybe a little too warm for a fire, it's still <laughs> nice to have that gathering spot and bring people around. And, and there's something very therapeutic about and, being in that and, environment. And I would suggest in the summertime, you switch the beer to a lighter beer like a Pilsner. That is nice and refreshing. And then of course the fire is optional. You just hang around, <laughs> <laughs> hang around the little, the little pit. <laughs> yeah. I, I go, I go toward the Hefeweizens. That's my go-to in the summer. Oh, those are delicious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Greg, again, thanks for being on the podcast. If you want to, to learn more about Greg Monaco and what he's doing, go to letsgomonaco.com and book that 30 minute consultation with him. Greg, thanks again for being on Culture Common Cocktails. 
My pleasure, Chuck. It's been fun. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.